Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So David used many words. Many words to describe God. David used a lot of different words to describe God, a lot of different names. And uh, I was reflecting on this about two weeks ago. About two weeks ago, it kind of hit me. I was... um. Hmm. I'll jump into that in a second. About two weeks ago, I was thinking about this, and one of the names which we've been focusing on this year is shepherd. David used the word shepherd. You are my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And um, I was thinking about this shepherd angle, this shepherd comment, going, I have no idea what a shepherd actually means. I've never met a shepherd. Well, I know what it means, but in a sentence, not in its entirety. I've never met a shepherd. I've never been to a farm, a cattle farm. I've never seen a shepherd. I've never watched a documentary on a shepherd. I've never seen a movie on a shepherd. I've never read an article on what a shepherd does, what their life looks like. I can logically stand here and say, here's what a shepherd does on a very high or low level, whichever one it is, on one extreme, to go, this is my knowledge by assumption and by guessing based on a few bits of information I have on what a shepherd looks like. Now, some of you in here, you might have more information on what a shepherd looks like, how they operate, what their life looks, um, what it involves. I have none. And in my last two weeks, I read, you know, I, I didn't read, sorry, I heard a podcast And the podcast had nothing to do with this, but it had a one-liner. I've been crying a lot this morning and now everything's moving inside of me. I need to clear my throat. And uh, the shepherd, oh yeah, I heard this one line in a a podcast. And I'd never knew this because I know nothing about shepherds. And I don't know if it's the same today and I don't know if there's other words or other language. But a shepherd marks their sheep with what they call a killing knife in the air so they know it's their sheep. And I went, still the same. Thank you, Mark. I'm not making stuff up. A killing knife is the instrument used that a shepherd marks their sheep so they don't get lost and they know what their sheep is, who their sheep are. And in my podcast listening this week where they just mentioned the killing knife, I went, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Like everything that God has is on intention. Everything that he does is on intention. Sometimes we can think the Bible is too confusing. I don't understand it. I know I've read it plenty of times going, well, I've read my Bible. Let's tick that box. I have no idea what I just read. But God has intention and design and thought over all of it that all we need to do is ask a couple of questions and we get some great understanding. Great understanding. So in my limited knowledge of a shepherd, you could say, Lee, you've had two weeks. Why don't you research what a shepherd is? That would be a great sermon. I know, it would be a great sermon. But that wasn't what I felt to share on today. I'm getting to that. I didn't feel to share on that. But imagine if all of us did a research on on the simple first couple of words, the Lord is my shepherd, and what does that mean for me today? Because I don't think any of us in here would have the full understanding or magnitude on what David actually was saying when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Because we actually don't understand what that looks like. We actually don't understand. And even if we were to understand, I'm assuming 
logical thinking, that a shepherd today would look different to the shepherd of David's time. Because today we have resources, technology, materials. We have a whole lot at our disposal that David didn't have back when he wrote this. So we could look at a shepherd today and go, oh my goodness, look at this revelation. And then you've got to pair it back a whole nother layer and go, hang on, but did David experience this when he wrote these words? Is this what David saw when he wrote these words? Because like we have like buildings and, you know, Wi-Fi that if they hit something, I'm sure a alarm or a bell goes off if they get you know there's a fence or something that David didn't have so when David wrote the Lord is my shepherd over the last couple of weeks I've been thinking about this and I went is that a word I would use to describe who God is is that a word you would use to describe who God is think about right now if, if, if you were to if I was to ask you a question if I was I am I'm asking you the question if you could say one word, who is God to you? What word would you use? I don't think anyone else would say shepherd, but some words might be saviour, might be protector, provider, might be best friend. For some Christians, it might be genie in a bottle, my Hail Mary, my last thought. Hey, don't laugh. <laughs> I know I've done that before. I'm at my final stage and I went, oh my goodness, I didn't include God in any of that process. Oh no, God help. My last thought. The one that I thought of if I, in, in my process, in my thinking, probably the one that resounds like the biggest word I would use is probably father. Father's probably the one that I relate to the most, that I can see God the most in, that I can understand the most. Because let's be honest, we use language that we understand. And I mean, I've got a phenomenal father who I love, who, who was amazing, not perfect, but amazing. And you could say, yeah, yeah, Lee, you had a great father, you know, you can understand father. You go, yeah, I could understand your argument. I actually understand father more by being a mother. My care for my children, my love for my children, my unconditional love for my children, my I would do anything for my children. Do I believe my dad would do anything for me? Yes, but it's harder to experience than to experience. And so for me, in thinking about who God is, I had to put myself in some form of understanding of, all right, what word would I use? Like the, the closest thing I have is my love for my kids. So it's Father. And the last couple of weeks, I've been processing, all right, well, Father, and, and, and what that looks like and what I look like, because I'm far from perfect, but I'd go the extra mile. I've been sleeping on the floor of Jude's room for over a month. Like, I feel that's a pretty big sacrifice, extra mile. The last two nights, Justin's done it. And do you know what we discovered? He sleeps through when Daddy's in the room. <laughs> and according to his words, Jude, did you wake up during the night? I did, but I went back to sleep because I didn't want to go see Daddy. <laughs> Slow exaggeration. Slow exaggeration. I went, this little boy has been pulling at my heartstrings and I'm not even angry. Like, I could say that I'm angry, but I'm not even angry about it because, hey, who wouldn't want to cuddle their mum when they're tired? Well, probably me because I'm not a cuddler, but... <laughs> <laughs> But for a little boy who is, and if I am 
my imperfect stage can, can show that to my kids? How much more Heavenly Father who is perfect, who has resources and as, um, re, who owns it all, who has it all, who's lacking nothing, who carries it all, how much more does that transfer, onto, transfer to us? And so in me thinking about what word I would use, I hope you've been thinking about what word you would use, that would be it. But then if we go back, sorry, I do sometimes have to make sure I didn't miss anything. Do you know what? I preached a sermon last year on fruits of the spirit. If you were here, you'd testify. Best sermon ever. Um, And it wasn't recorded. I know. I went researching two weeks ago to find it, to remind myself of the best sermon ever. And I couldn't, and because I don't keep notes and there's scraps of bits of paper, I've got nothing to go back on. Other than Penny had the date and some notes, and so I know the date I preached it, but there's nothing else. Yeah, one page down. So me thinking about Father God, in me thinking about that, I then went back to David. So David, when he wrote this, um, he was older in life. He didn't write it when he was a shepherd. He wrote it older in life in reflecting back on his life. And David could have written Father, and he did it other times, but in Psalm 23, he writes, you are my shepherd. He could have written anything. He wrote, you are my shepherd. And it got me thinking yet again, David, who was a shepherd wrote, you are my shepherd. David, who lived the life of a shepherd, who experienced what being a shepherd looked like, who experienced what a shepherd did, how they they did things. I wrote some things down. He experienced, he knew the nature of the shepherd, the the, the heart of a shepherd, the work of the shepherd, sacrifice, joy, love, time, the protectiveness of the shepherd. He knew and experienced all of this in his life. So when he looks back on his life and he goes, you are my shepherd, he knew exactly what he was saying. He knew exactly the title. He knew every intricate detail that that involved. And in knowing that him saying, you are my shepherd, inadvertently, he also knows that he's calling himself a sheep. In saying, you are my shepherd, he's acknowledging, and if you are my shepherd and that's what a shepherd does, I am a sheep because that's what you do for me. No, I don't, again, did no research and I'm going to get to my sermon. This is not my sermon. I'll get there in a second. But knowing, what a sheep was like, he called himself a sheep. Now, I have done no research on what sheep's like, but I've heard that they're not the brightest animals going around. (laughs) And I've seen some pretty funny reels on what sheep can do. And here's David calling himself a sheep. And not only himself, but he's referencing, you are my shepherd. And in this psalm, he's talking about all of us in the psalm. He's not just saying, you prepare a table for me. He's saying in the context of all of us. He's calling all of us sheep. Hello. (laughs) Feel encouraged. (laughs) So in Psalm 23, when he says, you are my shepherd, his revelation, his understanding, his acknowledgement is so powerful. 
My question for you today is, how do you see God? What are the words you use to describe God? Because that will inevitably shape how you live your life. How you live your life will reflect how you see God. If all you see him as saviour, that's not a negative. He is our saviour. But if you only see him as that, then you will miss out on who he is in these areas of life. If all you see him as provider, you will miss out on these areas of your life. So how you see him is way more important than what we realise. That's why I feel like this season in church, and I know the last couple of weeks have been a bit different. This whole year's been a bit different. Some weeks on a church perspective in terms of, hmm, in terms of traditional services, that's, that's, you know, it might be different, but maybe that's meant to be the normal. It might be different because it's not like a standard traditional service. But God's moving and that should be normal. So in our, our times together and in, I forgot where I was going with that, but it's amazing. Oh, hey, and so in this season we're in, the song we've sung a million times and I don't care if you're sick of it, I hope we sing it a million more, is I see you rightly. That lyric is one of the biggest things that I've been singing this year for my life personally, is I want to see you rightly, God. I want my life to experience you rightly. I don't want to see you through my experiences and what other people have told me who you are, but I want to see you because it's who you are. Imagine, imagine if all you saw of me was my bad moments in life and that's how you saw me. And I have bad moments. The other night I walked out on my family to the bedroom because I was sick of them all. <laughs> Can I say that? I didn't yell, didn't scream, I just got up and went, I'm over this. And I left the room. And I hopped into bed and I put Netflix on. Netflix. I didn't read my Bible, I didn't put worship music on, I put Netflix on. I was sick of them all. Imagine if all you saw of me was that. <laughs> I get a bit sick of it sometimes. Oh, man. And imagine if all you experienced of me was that. And imagine if all you encountered, your expectations of all that of me was that. It would not be healthy because that's not who I am. That was a bad moment in time where I, I wasn't the best wife or parent. I could have handled myself far better than just throwing my hands up in the air and leaving. So seeing God rightly is a game changer for all of us. But do you want to hear the, the funniest thing? Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> the, um, two weeks ago, I was sitting, I've set up, um, we set up for Peter because he stayed in there. And then I've been using it. There's a, off our master bedroom, there's like a little room that will eventually become our study, but we're just, just like the junk room. But because Peter was in there, we thought we'd better make it a bit more presentable than just the junk room. So, um, so he could use it. So we've got a couch in there and like a little desk and some greenery. I love my plants and greenery. And so we've made it. So I've been reading my Bible in there. It's like now my little kind of retreat area. It's really quite nice. It should have done it sooner. And um, I went there two weeks ago and I was reading, uh, uh, I've been reading the New Testament. That's where I've been sitting at the moment in the New Testament. I've been flicking through. I'm not being constant per book. I'm not reading succinct. 
differently. I'm just, yeah, I'm just reading whatever. Anyway, I sat there two weeks ago and um, I wasn't working on a sermon. I wasn't doing anything but just spending time with the Lord. And I felt Holy Spirit say, read Psalm 23. Now, well, I've read it like how many times this year? A thousand times this year? How many times in my lifetime? Who knows? Too many. Not too A lot. And I sat there consciously going, I'm going to read the New Testament. And then I had this thought, read Psalm 23. Now, here's side teaching. Side teaching. When you hear me say, I hear Holy Spirit, we're not talking about an external voice. We're not talking about a different voice in my mind. Like last term, I taught the youth on how to hear God. And so here's one-on-one quickest teaching I can do on that it was my own voice in my own head you know, how do you know that it was God's voice then great question glad you asked because I was not thinking Old Testament it was left of center it's always um, encouraging God's voice not negative but it's always left of center I'm on a mission to do New Testament and I have a thought Psalm 23 that's not my thought because I'm thinking New Testament it's a Holy Spirit thought let me tell you a story here. Israel, he's in the soundness. Israel, I'm just going to talk to you for a second, about you for a second. Um, oh, you're not the soundness. You're a champion, buddy. We did this with the youth, and Israel got a word from one of the youth. Our Holy Spirit. I'm pretty sure it was you, Israel. It, it was one of them, pretty sure. And the word they had was around Shrek. You know the movie Shrek? Was that you, Israel? Yeah, Shrek. And I said to Israel in the, in the midst of teaching, I said, Israel, have you, if, like, if you watched the movie Shrek last night, you could go, all right, that could have been your thought. When was the last time you seen Shrek, anything about Shrek? He's like, years. So do you think it was your thought or do you think it was a God thought? 100% God thought. And he released this word powerful. And then the next day at school, just because God likes to confirm things and God likes to show up, the next day at school, one of the classes or something about Shrek shows up at school the next day. Like, God is so faithful in speaking. So if you go, it's too hard. It's actually not too hard. When you're on your way doing something and you have a left-of-field thought, I would do the left-of-field thought because I'm pretty sure it's going to be Holy Spirit's unless it's negative, not. So let's keep going. I'm in my room, side room, doing my thing. Go, I'm going to read. Okay, I'll read Psalm 30. Go to Psalm Psalm 23. And I read, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, and I lose it. Absolutely lose it. How many times have I read this verse? How many times have I known this verse my whole life? And I lose it. For the first time in my life, it makes sense. I'm 40, and it makes sense. You don't understand, when I was a child raised in church, okay, you know how you have strengths, maths or English? I'm maths, all maths. Like, my English needs huge improvement. (laughs) That's probably why I hate text messages and emails, because that's all like English. (laughs) So I'm like, all maths? It's like, I found mistakes, not mistakes. I found some things in it, not mistakes, but budgets. I'm like, hey, why is that? Because it's numbers and I can see it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so here I am reading, the Lord's my shaker, I lack nothing. And the penny drops because when I was a child, I heard this version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as a child who understands English language like pathetically, who hasn't improved much, I went, that 
doesn't make sense. Who wouldn't want God as their shepherd? So I ignored it because it was in the too hard basket. What do you mean you shall not want him? You're an idiot. Of course you want him. He's God, of course. So as a child, I wrote this scripture off. As a teenager, someone put in the, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not be in want. That slightly improved it for me, slightly. <laughs> I got more of an understanding of it, but it was still in the too hard basket. For people that understand English language, you thrive in this. I do not. So like last Sunday, Mel spontaneously led us all in a song, Alleluia. Bella sang the same song at her graduation last year. Hallelujah. And then the, here we go, the big crescendo. Holy, holy are you Lord God Almighty. Do you know what I sing? Holy, holy, you are Lord God Almighty because my brain cannot comprehend singing, are you Lord God Almighty? Now, I understand it's English and I understand the words are correct when you can filter it through a brain that works that way, but mine does not. So when I read, I shall not want, I, I threw it out the window. Two weeks ago, I sat there and went, I lack nothing. I didn't move on. I couldn't read anything past that. I lack nothing. And I'm sitting there. I lack, I'm literally repeating it. I lack nothing. To the point where my brain then goes, Lee, what have you been doing to fill areas of lack in your life that God should have been filling? Because I'm a problem solver. I have a gift of solving problems. You got problems? Come see me. I've got a gift. And so I can solve problems. I can go, oh, well, we don't have that in our life. I know how to fix that. I've just got to do ABC, problem solved. And God just went, what areas of lack have you filled yourself in your own life? And I'm a mess. I cannot believe I finally got this. I lack nothing. Everything I need, I have access to. Everything in my life I have access to. I lack nothing. So then I followed to ask myself other questions like, do I actually believe this? Do I believe it? How does that look for my life that looks like I don't lack anything? Does my life, ref does my life reflect this? And then I had the thought of, when David wrote that, how different David's life was to my life now. Let's put in context David's Old Testament. Old Testament. No Holy Spirit, Old Testament, Old Testament. And David understood, living the Old Testament covenant, that he lacked nothing. And here I am, New Testament, Jesus on the cross, paid for it all, power released, Holy Spirit in me, I lack nothing. For David to say those words and what that looks like for me today, wow! We need to get an understanding of what this actually looks like for our life today. So then I went back and I read through all the other translations because I'm now excited about this verse for the first time in my life. And I could tell you on Mother's Day, Gail preached a phenomenal message on this and it still went over my head. I can tell you the message. She spoke about God providing for Af South Africa so they could go to a I know the whole message she preached. I remember it all. But the penny didn't drop until two weeks ago for me. 
And then I was speaking to Kevin Mazzini who said, Lee, you've got to start preaching again because I said I don't want to preach anymore. So you hear my message on lack. Here's the other translations. I always have more than enough. I don't need a thing. I lack nothing. I have all that I need. I shall not want. There is nothing I lack. I shall lack nothing. I will never be in need. I have everything I need. I do not lack. This is your life. This is a promise for your life. We have a lot more needs than just paying bills. Let's just do that one. We're talking about your whole life, not just the external, but the internal, I lack nothing comment. The whole lot of it, I lack nothing. Here we go. Our shall not want in Hebrew, not, not, sorry, no lack, need, be lacking, decrease. I went, what? Decrease? I had to look up what decrease meant because I thought I knew what it meant, but it made no sense. It means to make smaller. To make smaller. So areas in your life that you go, I'm lacking in this area, God's like, yeah, I'm going to make it so small that it's insignificant and it means nothing to you. It's not a priority. It's not a need in your life anymore. I'm making it smaller. You're not lacking in it. It's not a need Oh, man. Is my shepherd in Hebrew to tend, flock, plaster it, to graze, to rule, to associate with? To associate with. I read this commentary this week. The commentary on I shall not want. Do you want to know what it says? This language is partly of experience and partly of confidence for the future. I shall not want. Partly experienced, partly um, for the future. In other words, I shall not want. David's remembering the wilderness. They had everything they need. They weren't in lack. God provided for them. He looked after them. He protected them. Partly of experience and partly of future hope, the promised land. So when we say, I shall not want or I lack nothing, we have our experiences, our testimonies, what has happened before us. We have the word and the promises and we have the hope of our future. So it's dual fold, past and future. And we get to manage that today in I lack nothing because of who he was and who he is. I lack nothing today. Amplified says it this way. Lord is my shepherd. To feed, to guide, to shield me, I shall not want. There's the I shall not want again. So in my head, my head automatically just changes it. I like nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. To feed, to guide, to shield me. Now let's go. I'm just going to read this because it's too good. Feed is twofold. The act of giving food. What is food? Food is anything, a nourishing substance that is eaten, drunk or otherwise taken into the body to sustain life, to provide energy, to provide growth. So when we talk about feed, God, the shepherd feeds us, we're talking about sustaining life, providing energy, providing growth, life, health, health, um, 
everything you need life-wise, you are provided with. But let's go with this. If I was to tell you some areas that I lack in my life, I know you just said you lack nothing. I know I'm, I'm still growing this revelation. I lack time and energy. I'm tired of being tired. Time and energy. And here, right here, he provides energy. So if you come here going, I'm just so tired. I need a good night's sleep. I hear you. But the promise is you have energy. Because he is your shepherd, you do not lack energy. Growth. He provides growth. I don't know what your life is like, but I like goals. And sometimes I have goals that are unachievable and I get discouraged. But here the shepherd provides growth. So when we set expectations, when we look at our future, when we look at what our life looks like, he is our shepherd who will see that come to pass because it's who he is. Our relationships should be growing. Our friendships should be growing because it's who he is. We do not lack. If you lack relationships with people, I want to encourage you, it's not a lack. Ask Holy Spirit and step out because you don't lack it. You might think you do, but everything you need is here. Everything you need is in the kingdom. The other part of feeding, check this out. So it's the act of giving food and the other part is supply with material or power. Everything you need in your life, you have a provider for that. Everything. And it might look completely different to how you want it to look. Like I'd love a million dollars put in my bank account so I could just pay for everything. Won't look like that most likely but it will look like a whole lot of other things in my life because he is my provider. And let's talk about power. Power. You don't lack power because the Lord is your shepherd who is the source of power. Second part, a guide. A person who advises others, especially in matters of behaviour or belief. Justin said it last week and I forgot what he said, but it was about our beliefs. What did you say? It was a great line. Should have written it down. Yeah. Your belief is how you behave. What you believe in is what you do how you live your life. Your beliefs play a big role in your life. So if our belief is, I'm a loser, guess what? You have a shepherd who's going to correct that. If your belief is, I'm overlooked, guess what? You've got a shepherd who's going to guide you out of that. Your identity is way too important for God just to leave you in that if it's negative, if it's not right. You have a God who um, sees you for who you are, who sees the sheep for who they are and guides to a belief system 
that completely changes our life. This is where the fruit of the Spirit came into it. Fruit of the Spirit is a big deal. We have a Father who guides us in that truth. We have a shepherd who guides us in that truth. Love, joy. I don't know about you, but sometimes my joy is not as present. We had a um, leaders meeting this week and um, I shared a Don McDonnell quote that Justin reminded me of. And um, sometimes I can be joyful on the inside, but my outside displays the opposite. And Doug McDonnell, he was in a, um, a phenomenal speaker from New Zealand, a pastor. He was in a leaders meeting and he actually said to, I'm going to say Jody because, sorry, you're sitting there, Jody. Hey, Jody, it's a good message, isn't it? And Jody would say, yeah. And then Doug would say, hey, can you tell your face it's a good message? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And there's no point just keeping on the inside and looking depressed on the outside. Peace. Oh my goodness, peace. If you don't have peace on something, don't do it. Let peace be a gauge and a guide. I've got to say it from the start. I've got it all nine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. You have self-control. I need a mirror. You have self-control. Put the chocolate down. You have self-control. <laughs> I know you think it's funny. It's, it's like a real problem. <laughs> oh, man. The last one, shield. Check this out. Shield meaning protect from a danger, risk or unpleasant experiences danger I don't understand I'm never in danger like I'm not jumping in front of trains and making poor choices not risk taker but unpleasant experience when I read that I went oh I understand that unpleasant experiences that he is my shepherd and he is shielding me from unpleasant experiences. So what that tells me is when I'm in an unpleasant experience or conversation or interaction, I don't know what your unpleasant ones look like, that's mainly mine. When I'm in those moments, he's actually shielding me from that. When I'm in an unpleasant experience, which could look like, no, let's go risk. When I'm in a risk-taking experience, which could look like praying for someone and they don't get healed, God is shielding me from that. So I don't walk away going, oh my goodness, I'm a loser. Why can't anyone get healed when I pray for them? Why are my prayers ineffective? I am shielded from those lies and able to walk away going, okay, God, I'm going to keep going and keep going and keep going because you are my protector and you are shielding me from that. When I'm in an unpleasant experience, you are shielding me. It doesn't mean that the experience goes away, but it means my actions, my response, my memory, my emotions, all of that are shielded so that I can keep going because he is my shepherd. So when we read this sentence, I think that's my last page. I did those last ones really quickly because of time. So when we read this verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The only reason I can say I lack nothing is because he is my shepherd. And the only reason he is my shepherd is because I have been marked by his killing knife. Yeah. 
I've died and I'm with him. He is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Justin's not my shepherd. My parents aren't my shepherd. The church isn't my shepherd. He is my shepherd. So I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I read this. Hey, Israel. Ah. Is anyone on the computer back there? Ah. Hey, Tana. I'm going to close with this. I read this. I heard this. Sorry, I heard this this week. And I wrote it out. Because I thought it just summed it up beautifully. And as we all learnt, Lee's English is not the greatest. And so Mitch has put it on slides. And he printed it big so I didn't have to put my glasses on. So kind. David is reminding us that God provides for his children. He is affirming that the Lord, the God of Israel, is his shepherd. This implies a deeply profound relationship between a human being and his maker. It means that you are his, sorry, you and I are his cherished objects and God's affection. We are the recipients of God's provision because God is our shepherd. We lack nothing. There is no lack or deficiency in God's provision. If we are trusting God as our shepherd, then we need to remember that he will provide for us. This is what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd loves his sheep. For him, there is no greater reward, no deeper satisfaction than that of seeing his sheep content and flourishing. In the same way, God finds deep satisfaction in providing for you. He provides the nourishment that your soul longs for. You lack nothing in God as your shepherd. You can find absolute contentment in his care and his provision. You lack nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. This week, I want to encourage all of you to sit on this, to sit on what this means for your life, how this looks for your life, how to apply this to your life. I've just given some great ideas and thoughts. But you need to own that. Two weeks ago, I owned it for the first time. And some of you are sitting here going, yeah, I know this, Lee. Awesome. Let it grow in your life. And for some of you, you're going to sit there going, oh my goodness, this verse has way more power in it than I've ever known. Yes. Allow that to grow in your life. Because if we lack nothing and we live our lives in this posture, in this revelation, I have everything I need. It means when I notice a need in my life, what's my response? I go to my shepherd who feeds, who guides and who protects, shields me. I go to my shepherd who has all the answers. He's the only one who can meet all my needs. Justin will never meet all my needs, ever. He can try the hardest he can and he will always disappoint me. That sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He loves me. But he will never meet them all. There's only one who can. Only one. And so when we go through areas that we see in our life, I'm lacking joy, I'm lacking energy, I'm lacking peace, I'm lacking health. Whatever it looks like, we go to our shepherd who has all the answers who's the only one who provides for us. Let's all stand. Can the prayer team please come forward?
and join me up the front here. For the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Jesus, I thank you so much for Echo Church. I thank you so much for everyone that's here and those that are away or at home, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, for a revelation of what you being our shepherd looks like, of what our lives look like where we lack nothing. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking. I say an increase to us hearing and listening and obeying and stepping into your voice. I thank you, God, for the work that you've done in our hearts this morning. We say yes. We thank you, God, for the word that was spoken from Mark at the start to the end here, God. We thank you, God, that your word doesn't come back void but it achieves what the purpose was. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray, God, for this week. May you be our shepherd and we lack nothing. Hit home in greater ways and in greater understanding and in greater measure. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.